Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, April 23rd, 2021. It has been 190 days since Tony nominations were announced. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, three out of four. You and Grace always get mm-hmm. the root and stuff. We had one earlier this week, but that, that technically happened over the weekend, so it really wasn't a day that we were on, but it was safe for a day we just, were on. You were just forced into it by consequence of schedule, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like I'm avoiding it. Otherwise, it just happens mm. on days that mm. you and Grace are together. I feel like it's the theater gods saying, we don't want a white man to talk about this. We don't we want, want your opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want the women um, uh, to discuss this because well, they I are mean, probably much in, more intelligently spoken on it. I mean, you have the floor if you want to get anything off your chest as far as Hugh Jackman or Scott Rooted. I mean, or look, <laughs> I've had five years to get that stuff off my exactly. chest and I've done it quite a bit, so I'm fine with giving there it to you. There you go. There you yeah. go. Um, I will tell you, um, not only, of course, will there be a new episode of this week on Broadway coming up in your feeds on Sunday, but... We will have another interview coming into the feed uh, as part of today on Broadway on Monday, where I will be speaking to the phenomenal Allie Ewalt, one of Broadway Radio's favorites. Um, she is a part of this very unique three concert cycle for Broadway by the Year. You probably know Broadway by the Year because of um, the decades probably of concerts at this mm-hmm. point at the Town Hall. They're doing their spring concerts this year virtually for obvious reasons, but... They are doing them in a different way than they normally have in the past. Instead of focusing just on a single year, they're going to focus on a composer, three different composers slash composing teams. Um, I will save all of those details for Monday's episode where Allie uh, gives me the deets and she and I come up with her next um 54 Below concert, and I, I basically pitched it on air to Jen Tepper, so we'll see if that it. actually happens. Oh, you love it. trust me, when you hear the episode, you will definitely love it, so, oh, uh, so there you go. Yes. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news, and the biggest news today is something we've been talking about throughout the week, and that is that Thursday was the day for the March on Broadway, and based on social media, it looks like there was a ton of people that showed up for this event it started i believe um up at like columbus circle area right yeah Um, that's what i've seen is that from the early stuff that i saw from it everyone said that columbus circle was full yeah and then they marched down i guess to the broadway theater Mm -hmm. um where um uh the music man is supposed to play and they filled um, that area it was at winter garden that's right you're right broadway theater is where rudin's uh west side story is Mm -hmm. um you're right so thank you for the correction but they filled times square up it was so many people um it's actually fun if you look through the social media post i actually like see people that i recognize and you know some broadway faces (laughs) in there um unsurprisingly i think um for a lot of reasons there's not yet been a ton of media coverage of this however i will say we're recording at you know seven o'clock on thursday Mm -hmm. and just based off the social media pictures there's a ton of media there so i would not be surprised if there will be more stories including a lot of television stuff um, coming up for this over the rest of today and probably over the weekend. So if there's more in there that we don't cover, we will get that to you. But I've gone through some different Twitter feeds and social media accounts to pool um, some of the information so that we can share it. Since I was not there, Ashley was uh, working. Obviously, I'm in Orlando. Um, so I will get you some of as much of that information as I can glean from social media. 
there were, unsurprisingly, a ton of speakers, as you see at just about any march, uh, including folks like Diamond Essence White, who talked about the racism that she faced backstage after being cast as the Zoe slash Alana cover oh. uh, at Dear Evan Hansen. Um, actor Ryan J. Haddad spoke about performers with, quote, invisible disabilities that are forced to hide out of fear for not receiving a fair shot at work. There was a number of folks talking about the things that equity needed to do to make people of color and people with disabilities and queer people feel safe at uh, at work. They were talking about the fact that there are no currently equity binding Broadway contracts, and they were calling on white people and men and cis people to uh, refuse to go to work until everybody is safe to go back to work. They also put out a four-point action plan, or at least some of the speakers did. It said uh, point one is they needed to have an anti-racist plan of action. Number two was there needed to be access to therapy. Number three, there needed to be economic transparency and responsibility. Um, those were very much like the demands that the march made uh, earlier in the week and that, as Grace and I discussed, equity responded to a lot of them already. The fourth point, this one is going to get interesting um, if they really do try to force equity to do this. The fourth point is to abolish the six-day work week as well as 10 and 12. Uh, 10 and 12 is cool. the process that during tech rehearsals, you can work 10 hours during a 12-hour period for right. tech rehearsals. That is actually something that even before the pandemic, um, we started to right. see some theater companies phasing out because it was, yeah. um, it's pretty brutal. Um, actually, I don't know that I can see a commercial theater ever going to a five day work week. Like, I would I be just, very surprised. Yeah. Very, very surprised. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know how financially viable that is. I mean, unless, folks are willing to take pay cuts, which I think would kind of defeat the purpose or unless they add a second yeah. matinee, but I don't, I don't know that losing a weekend day or maybe, maybe you do two shows on Saturday, two days on Sunday. I guess I'm thinking of it more as losing Sunday or something, but right. um, I, I guess that would have to be the path. Like that's yeah. the only path I could really see is doing two, you know, doing two per Saturday, two per Sunday, because the, the argument would have to be is that it's one financially viable for performers, but two, also financially viable for, let's say, Broadway. Um, and Broadway will claim anything is not financially viable well, to not do things because Broadway is barely financially viable. Right. And, and this is one of the cases where actually I, I believe the Broadway League because yeah. most of this stuff is not financially yeah. viable. So yeah, I think that's actually, I'm glad we talked this through because I was dumb and didn't think of it that way. I was thinking more of like, losing Sunday performances like they do in London. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think doing it that way and then taking off um, having Monday and Tuesday being the traditional dark week or dark days of the week um, sure. makes sense. And I think some shows have actually done that in the past, maybe not regularly. And we know every, you know, we love a, vari a, right. a varied schedule here. Um, so it's very, you know, interesting. Yeah, there have been, there have been, I think like for like, uh, Broadway flea and stuff like yeah. that. Like shows will take off in those ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a ton of other stuff. There's videos of speeches. There's pictures. There's personal accounts um, from the march on social media. I pulled a lot from um, Broadway Girl NYC, Laura Haywood, and a performer who I 
don't know their name. They are clearly a performer because they talked about um, some bad experiences in callbacks. But their Twitter Twitter handle, and actually you might know this person, is you, the letter U, can call me sis. You can mm, call me yeah. sis. Um, I tried to find their name and I, I couldn't find it. Um, so if someone knows, let me know. Um, like I said, there's videos of the speeches, including Eden Espinosa. Um, giving her speech. She was one of the coordinators of this. Karen Olivo um, was there. Grace and I wondered if she would show up um, since she, I believe, lives in, in Madison, Wisconsin. She was there and had a picture with uh, You Can Call Me Sis. Um, so we will have multiple social media feeds in the show notes. We will have a, a social media roundup from Broadway World in there as well um, to get you as much of the details as possible. Yeah, this is very cool. Uh, great to see all this and great to see the turnout. Like I said, Said that what I saw from it is was people saying that all of Columbus Circle is full, which is really great to see for something like this. But I think it's it's hard to say that Broadway is a parochial thing that it's you know very limited in range, but it's still very limited in range. So to see something come and fill up Columbus Circle on a weekday in the afternoon is that's pretty powerful. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think any of their demands are you know uh, unreasonable. They're obviously things that should have happened years and years and years ago. So here we go. We'll see what happens next. I guess. Yeah, and I am uh, very interested how this has turned on um, to be uh, putting a lot of the onus on actors' equity. I don't know if that's how I would have expected this to go. I would have thought that folks would have been trying to put a lot of pressure on the Broadway League, but I don't know if maybe this has happened because they think that they can actually have some mm. sway over equity and that broad the Broadway League just doesn't care. Um, that would be my guess because as, as many issues yeah. as I think there are at actors' equity, and we've talked about them a lot – like I said with Grace the other day, like I actually do think they care. Like I don't think that they are. I do too. I do too, and I I agree with you. I think there's. I I feel like um, actors, especially, but anyone within the industry, feels like they only have so much pull in the Broadway league, and they're probably right because where the fuck is the Broadway league? Sorry, um, but actors' equity is supposed to be there for them at every turn, as yeah. especially as performers, and that's not happening right now. I was very offended by your use of profanity. I don't. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I swear more with Grace because that's Grace for you. Yeah, she um, swears a lot too. She swears a lot too, and she pulls it out of you. But I generally hate swearing on the podcast uh, and then you talk to me in real life and right. We're it's the a opposite. Comma. it's punctuation you, for me yeah, yeah. you swear all the time in real life I really don't swear in real life you but really I swear don't. more on the podcast than I do in real life so it's it's very strange it's spice for me it a is. little pepper and a little swear yeah. speaking of your Anthony Bourdain book but we will get back uh, to that later maybe but in the meantime let's talk about our sponsor this week Upstart we all know that this past year has done a number on everybody's personal finances. You probably have had to put a lot more on your credit cards Ugh, than you would yeah. have liked to. And opening up that monthly statement every month can be a torturous experience. But now you can join the thousands of happy borrow borrowers 
But now you can join the thousands of happy borrowers who have made their final credit card payment with Upstart. Yeah, the great thing about Upstart is that it is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan. You can do it all online, no matter what the debt that you have is, if it's paying off credit cards, if it's consolidating debt, if it's funding personal expenses, you can join half a million people who have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. And unlike those other lenders who you won't name, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. They look at your income and employment history. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. No, I did like the Dr. Evil thing myself because $50,000 is the most money I could ever imagine (laughs) at this point in my life. (laughs) And you can receive those funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. That's pretty fast. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, let's get back into the news by talking about a ton of theater movie news that has come out over the past day or so. Let's start off by uh, going with a story that The Hollywood Reporter broke on Thursday evening, just an hour or so before we recorded, and that is that Disney is working on an adaptation of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Producers Dan Lynn and Jonathan Eyrick, who uh, worked on the live-action Aladdin, will produce. They are currently searching for a director and writers to adapt. But Ashley, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how to feel about this one. I mm. love Spelling Bee. I've directed Spelling Bee. Uh, That's right, yeah. But I don't know if film is the best medium for this. I'm sure they can figure it out, but like Spelling Bee thrives on that audience reaction, not to mention the audience participation too. That's what I was about to ask and also comment on because I'm not overly familiar with Spelling Bee and I remember that you had directed it, but from what I know of it, it is very audience heavy. There's uh, there's three of the contestants who are actual audience members. Yeah. Um, And that's part of the fun. But then also like it is such a funny show that the back and forth with the audience, like just the humor and the laughing is so, so important. Interesting. So, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do this. Like you said, I'm sure they can figure out a way to do it and obviously not necessarily make it interactive, but still kind of have the feel that, you know, there's a fourth wall being broken, if nothing else. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Uh, But I think there's never a bad time to have a Bill Finn score committed to film. Never, never. All right, next up, earlier this week, Variety reported that director Antoine Fuqua will direct a big-screen remake of the classic Tennessee Williams play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. The film will be produced by Stephen C. Bird and Aaliyah Jones-Harvey, who worked together as the producers to bring the show back to Broadway in 2008 with an all-black cast featuring Terrence Howard, Anika Noni-Rose, Felicia Rashad, and James Earl Jones, Rashad's sister, Debbie Allen, directed. The article says that the film will, quote, combine elements of the play with new storylines and weave them together to bring the production to the big screen. Now, Ashley, I'm going to go out on a limb and make one of Mm. my patented Miss Cleo style predictions here. Oh, here we go. 
and say that Denzel Washington will play Big Daddy in this film. He's a little young for Big Daddy. Like, he's 66, but he's, like, obviously incredibly vital and still in good shape now, but... I have no concept of how old Denzel is. You just saying he's 66 66. blew my mind out. Yeah, he... he, His birthday um, is just a few days after Christmas, so, like, if they filmed this next year, he'd be 67, 68 when it comes out, but... Denzel has previously done four films with Fuqua, including the Tony winner yeah. Training Day. Um, he also did that, the Magnificent Seven movie, and the two Equalizer movies. Yeah. Um, so mark me down for uh, Big Daddy Denzel, which oh, is a God. phrase that I am quite positive <laughs> other people have said many times before me for very different reasons. Okay, I'm, but not gonna, I'm not even going to touch that personally. I mean, I, I was kind of proud of it. Um, anyway, <laughs> next up, yesterday, Deadline, I can't stop laughing. Um, Deadline reported that Martin Scorsese and Erwin Winkler will produce a musical feature film inspired by the life of George Gershwin called Fascinating Rhythm. The film will be directed by Once and Sing Street director John Carney, but it is not... Let me repeat, it is not a George Gershwin biopic. Apparently, it will focus on, quote, a young woman's magical journey through past and present New York City, inspired by the life and music of American composer George Gershwin. I have no idea what that means, but I'm on board. Um, The Gershwin estate is on board as well. Um, So the film will feature many of the Gershwin classics. Uh, But like I said, not exactly sure what that means, but... Um, loving um, Gershwin music yeah. and John Carney's work as a director, I am nothing if not intrigued, Ashley. I was going to say, I'm not particularly intrigued by that description, but it's <laughs> Scorsese and Gershwin and Carney, and I, I can't avoid that personally. Yeah, I really enjoyed, in addition to Sing Street and Once, I also really liked, oh, what was, is it Begin Again? Another musical film. This one's set in New York mm, with Kira Knightley right. and Mark Ruffalo. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that was a really good one as well. So, like, I, I'm here for anything. Uh, but finally, in this section, it was announced yesterday that the film adaptation of the Tony-winning play Oslo will arrive on HBO Max next month, although an exact date has not yet been announced. The film starring Ruth Wilson and Andrew Scott is directed, as it was on stage, by Bart Schur, and playwright J.T. Rogers adapted his own work for the screen. Of note, this is not the uh, first time that Wilson and Scott will star opposite each other for HBO, yeah. as they currently co-star in the adaptation of His Dark Materials which is, I think is a BBC production, but airs in the U.S. on yes. HBO. Yes. And also features uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, in the indeed. cast as well. It does indeed. Still haven't watched it, even though that's uh, quite the conglomeration of things I like. So yeah, I'll get I, to it. I'm not a big fantasy person. Like, I just don't – those kind of things don't mm. usually excite me. Like, I like sci-fi – um, yeah. But fantasy is a, a, a kind of a different breed there. But oh. anyway, Ashley, the last thing we have for today is our feel good recommendation. I don't know if feel good is the right thing, but I'm just super fascinated by this whole thing. You've probably seen it already. But if not, mm-hmm. um, there's a story about a, a theater fundraiser type thing in which uh, in which the great Frank Fravor Verlizzo, the poster designer for basically every major production yeah. in Broadway history, um, he is selling prints of his rejected posters um, for such shows, including Cabaret, Equus, Matilda. Um, and these are all um, going to benefit 
Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. There are posters that either he made and just didn't like, so he never submitted them, or like options that producers didn't choose. There's a ton of super cool ones in there. Um, really, really enjoy it. Other ones like Nick and Nora, uh, Macbeth, uh, The yeah. Lion King, King and I, 1776, um, Dracula. Uh, it, there's just so many cool ones uh, in here. And of course, basically, if you have a um, a show card or two, chances are Fravor probably did it. Um, but it, it's really, really cool. Um, there's a great story from the Associated Press. Um, so I've got that in the show notes if you want to check that out to hear the whole story behind it um, and hear more about um, some of the other stuff that Fravor is doing as well. These are so beautiful. I've seen the Into the Woods one before. I don't know where, but I've seen that one before um, and have loved that. I actually like that more than I like the actual art for the show. Oh, really? So, yeah, I really, really love that. So, I mean, if anyone wants to spend $300... Oh, yeah, that's the part I meant to say. Yeah, they're expensive. They're expensive. <laughs> I mean, it's for charity. Yeah, um, exactly. It's for it's a expensive. very good cause. Um, you know. But it's expensive. I'm a good no. cause, too. Send them my way. <laughs> I guess it, it's, it's $3.99 with a frame. Oh, well, perfect. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Today on Prophecy. $100 frame? Get out of here. I'm just saying. I mean, it's the matting, too, and, like, the yeah. labor. Why don't you yeah. want to pay people for their work, Ashley? You're right. You Sorry. capitalist fascist. I know, people. <laughs> anyway, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. And uh, we will be back to talk to you on Monday. Bye.